Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, and today we have some special guests on the podcast, John and Biggs from Midcourt Madness. As we are here, March Madness is here. We're ready to go. Uh, it's time to talk about the tournament, break it all down. Uh, so whether or not you're wa- whether you're watching on 3C Media over on YouTube, whether you're watching us live, twitch.tv slash Craig Crash, or whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, we are happy to have everybody in. And before we get into the madness, before we break everything down here, uh, John Biggs, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Tell us maybe uh, your favorite basketball team favorite uh, March Madness memory something like that um well first off thanks for the, the great intro there and thanks for having us um you know I'm John um obviously this is Biggs over here and we uh we're the co-hosts of Midcourt Madness podcast and um been doing about a year um you know we enjoy doing it we uh, enjoy talking college basketball um as far as let's see you said favorite teams I know I'm North Carolina fan I know Biggs is also a North Carolina fan, but I, I wouldn't say he's as big as me. I think he he sours on them a little more than I do. Would you get that, Biggs? Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. I, I, I'm Biggs. I, that's that's definitely an accurate statement. I'm more of like a fan in that I, I, there are two types of fans. There's fans who like just like ride hard for their team no matter what and just like always believe, and then there are those fans who like hate their team no matter what. And, and I, I'm the fan that hates my team and and can't stand them and like I I, I judge them through a. Uh, a much more critical lens. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. You need, you need that balance. You know, you need that, you know, you know, in any fan base, you need those, you know, groups of fans that, you know, are obnoxious. Hey, we're going to win every year. And you need those ones that are like, you know what, this year it's going to be really rough. You know, it, it's how it goes sometimes. I know, you know, as a, you know, someone who lives in a state where you have IU fans, Purdue fans, you know, you get a lot of that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, an exciting tournament. I'm, I'm excited uh, to get into the weeds here. Uh, and so let's go ahead and jump right into it. We'll start off here. Um, you know, looking at the one seeds uh, in the bracket, you've got um, Gonzaga. They're 26 and three, the West Coast Conference champs. They made two of the last four NCAA tournament championship games. They have uh, w- WCC player of the year, Drew Tim, and uh, Chad Holmgren, who's likely to be a top three pick. Although, I mean, if you just saw him walking down the street, you wouldn't think so. But uh, you've got uh, from, you know, you have Arizona, who's 31 and three Pac-12 champs. Uh, they were unranked at the beginning of the season, barely in the top 30, according to Sports Illustrated, uh, third in the country in points per game, plus 18 point differential. So, I mean, you know, you could you could say they play the Pac-12, but they also beat the bricks off of everybody they play, which is pretty good. Uh, you've got Baylor. Uh, defending champions, 26 and six, lost to the Big 12 uh, tournament quarterfinals. Their first in strength of record, uh, five and three against ranked teams, including back-to-back wins over Kansas and Texas in the closing weeks. Uh, but you're kind of might be kind of hesitant to pick them, you know, to go very far because we're well, not necessarily very far, but you know, to win the championship because you haven't had a repeat champion since Florida uh, in 2006 and 2007. Then you've got Kansas, which I've always been, I've been sour on Kansas since I picked them in 2008 and uh, you have Ali Farouk Madesh coming out of nowhere, uh, dropping threes uh, from the sky. So, uh, but you know, they're a one seed uh, and uh, as a one seed under Bill Self, they lost in the second round in 2010. That's where I was mentioning earlier. Yeah. 2008 is when they won Um, seven seed. uh, They've made seven sweet 16, six lead eights, two final fours, one national champion, uh, one national championship. So you look at their history of being a one seed, they don't get to the final four as often as you think they might or how much you think they should. So as far as like, you know, one seeds go, which one seed has you maybe the most confident uh, going into March Madness is about, you know, Hey, if I'm filling out my bracket, you know, I'm, and I might be hesitant to pick all one seeds. What's the one I have to have there. 
Well, I think what makes this year so fun is that last year you go into the tournament this time, at this time a year ago, it's Gonzaga versus the field, right? They're so much better than everybody else. They, they blew the they blew the doors off of every single team they played. And if there was one team that everybody thought maybe, okay, could, could this team beat Gonzaga? It was Baylor. Baylor crushed everybody too. And, and, and we've kind of forgot they were a COVID pause really away from being viewed on the same level as Gonzaga was last year. Uh, lo and behold, those two teams both roll all the way through the tournament, meet in the championship game, uh, and two minutes into the game, it's over because Baylor is so much better. But the, the point is that, like, there, there was one, there was two, and there was just, like, a giant precipitous drop, right, between the rest of, the, the, the rest of like, the college basketball world. Uh, it doesn't feel like that's the same case this year. It's a lot more flat. All, all four of these teams, I feel like there are, there are warts and, like, flaws, and it, it's going to be really truly matchup dependent. Can somebody expose some of those flaws? I, honestly, the one seed that I feel the least good about, like the team that I don't think is the the best, the worst one seed I think is Kansas. Um, and, and you you kind of just named it, right? Like they've they've had so many times in March where they have a hiccup. Like, a they're they're always a one or a two seed. It feels like every other year. So like anytime they don't go far, they're probably choking or getting upset by someone. But I think their their side of the region is. I just don't see a team that's. That's really all that great. Like, I think if they're going to get beat by somebody before the final four, it's going to be one of those upsets where it's like, whoa, Kansas got upset by someone. Cause I mean, Auburn is the two seed in their region, a team that really hasn't played well uh, in the last month and has a couple of guards that uh, don't seem to realize that their best players are actually big guys and, and they just want to shoot a lot. And Wisconsin's Wisconsin. It's just hard to wrap your mind around that team having the juice to go to a final four. Um, and then Providence, which a team that we're going to probably talk about later as a, a trendy upset pick in the first round as your four seed. So it, I just think the way the bracket breaks, it, it's not because Kansas has like this incredible outfit and they're just stacked, but their region is just not great. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Um, you know, the thing with Kansas no, no, is... no, 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 no. That's bad radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll offer I up another Kansas. one. I'll, don't worry. I'll offer up another one. But no, like it's weird <laughs> thing about Kansas and all the times they've been number one, all the times they've been, you know, highly rated and have all this star power, all these one and dones. And they have one national ch- one national championship under the Bill Silvera. Like it's weird to think that. Um all the way back in 2008 too. So it's not yeah. like recent or anything like that. Yeah. And even that was a little fluky. They needed uh needed Mario Chalmers to bail them out in in uh in regulation. But you know, with these number one teams, you know, Baylor, you know, yes, they're a very good team, um, but they're dealing with some very recent injuries with uh, Chama Chachua, my boy T-squared, and LJ Cryer also has some uh, some injury woes right now, too. Um, Gonzaga is another team who, you know, they've made you know, two of the last four national tri- championships, like you said, but they're another team that, you know, you could look up on, I'm not sure which days they play, but you could look up that second round and they're struggling against Memphis or Boise State. Like they have had that happen when they lose that second round game. But for Arizona, I think that's one that I'd have to go with. I like their, you know, I like their chances in their bracket. Um, you know, they're hiring Tommy Lloyd is paying off big dividends immediately. You know, they have, like, and like their roster isn't that different from a year ago. Like, they, have, they had Ben Matherin, Christian Coloco, um, Azulis Tabellas. They have they had all these guys a year ago too, but what he's been able to do with them has just been tremendous this year. Uh, real quick before we go into hot or cold, uh, is Gonzaga for real? Like if I were to, you know, if, if you're picking them to win the final four or, you, or the national championship, are you crazy? Because again, like we mentioned how 
they seem to get always get there. Last week when I did the tier list, I was like, it just it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it. So I'm almost afraid to pick it until it maybe happens once. Although that may be the only time it happens if it happens once. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're 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 legit. I mean, it's not that long ago that Scott Drew was like a punchline for teams always choking in March, right? Baylor used to always choke like crazy, and, and all of a sudden Scott Drew's morphed into like the coach that we trust the most to just like band-aid a, a competitive team together. Uh, yeah, I mean, they win a ton. They've had teams good enough to do it in the last handful of years, not just the teams that have been in the national championship game in, in 17 and, and 21, but, you know, 19, they got knocked out by Texas Tech, and, and they had a team that had like Rui Achimura and, and Brandon Clark. They, they had a squad good enough there, too. Um, they're really good. You know, Drew Timmy is 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 as good of a, as good of a true five as there is in the country. Um, Chet Holmgren kind of pulled pairs with him to make, like, a front court that – I don't think it's like as, you know, you're, you're a Purdue guy. So like, it's, you run into a team like a Purdue. And I think that can give Gonzaga trouble because Drew Timmy is like, uh, they're both skinny, right? You, you notice it, Chet Holmgren, he, he's like, he, he's, he's thin in bones. It's, it's uncomfortable looking at how skinny that guy is. <laughs> and, and, and Timmy's not exactly a beef eater up front either. So I, I think there are teams that can give them a challenge in, in that regard. You can always, if, if you run into a team and get super physical, they can give them trouble. But you know, Andrew Nemhard is like one of the better kind of true point guards around the country. Like he's, he's really solid and they've just got a really good, like top eight guys and their offensive efficiency is, is always among the highest in the country. And yeah, they're just, they're just kind of so, I think they're just so they're always consistent. Like they get a little boring and we have to find a way to poke a hole in like, where's the issue here? And, and could, could Memphis give them a hard time? And I think they, they end up just kind of running circles around a lot of these teams and, I mean, they did it last year until the national championship game where they got punked a little bit. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they if they're the team that cuts down the nets, I mean, yeah, we're talking about a team that's got three losses by probably a combined like 15 points all season. Yeah, no, and I would also not be surprised if they cut down the nets either. But you know, just for good radio, I'm gonna go the opposite of Biggs here <laughs> and say that they are a deeply flawed team, um, they're, and they're gonna lose to Memphis in the in the second round. I mean, it, it could happen. You know, March is crazy. So going now uh, into the bracket here, we're going to break it down region by region or hot or cold where I'm going to give you a take and you let me know whether it's a hot take or a cold take. Normally I would participate, but I'm going to let, you know, the experts take the floor here when we uh, when we do hot or cold. And we're going to start with the West region. Uh, the first take here is Duke is the only ACC team that will make it out of the first weekend. The ACC has five bids, which is their lowest since 2013. They outbid the Mountain West by just one, which is why. Wild. Um, you have Duke, which is number two in the West. You have Notre Dame, who's the 11th seed. And you, you, we talked off air about how, you know, that's the second best team in the conference is in a play on play in game. Uh, they play uh, Rutgers. Uh, and if they win, they will play number six, Alabama. You've got number eight, UNC against uh, number nine, Marquette, which the winner will likely get number one, Baylor in the East region. Um, you've got number 11, Virginia Tech against number six, Texas. Winner gets the uh, winner of number thir- three, Purdue, and number 14, Yale. And you've got Miami. They're a 10 seed playing the seven seeded USC Trojans in the Midwest region, uh, the winner likely plays number two Auburn. So is the ACC really kind of Duke and everyone else uh, as far as this tournament goes? Yes. And I'm not sure. Are we supposed to say hot take right off the bat? Cause I said, yeah, yeah, hot take. yeah. You can say, yeah, you can say it off the top. You can, you can build suspense. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll Inverted let pyramid style. Get to it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let Biggs uh, build the suspense over there while I talk. It's a hot take. Um, and I'd say, you know, I'm going to go – if I had to pick one other team that could – that is, like, the most likely to make it out the first weekend, I'm actually sort of taking the one that is 
you know, seeded a little lower. Virginia Tech is a team who they struggled early on in the year. They're a team that I expected to be a top three or four team in the ACC early on. Um, but then, you know, they struggle a bit. They get hot a little late. They go into the ACC tournament as the seven seed. They need a buzzer beater to beat Clemson. And if they don't get that, their season, they're in the NIT right now. Uh, they then go on to beat, uh, who they play before UNC? Uh, Notre Dame, they beat North Carolina, and then Duke, just to get in the tournament. And so, you know, we talked about them earlier this year where Storm Murphy is a guy who was a transfer from Wofford who we expected to have a big year. But, you know, we looked up in December and, like, they're struggling a bit. And Biggs and I were both like, you know, Storm Murphy is kind of looking like a mid-major guard, you know, which is what he was before. Um, and getting up into a better conference and is, you know, struggling with the increased speed, the increased size. And um, it seems like lately, though, he's sort of figured it out. And then they have Kevin Aluma, um, another nice, couple nice pieces are Justin Mutz and uh, Hunter Couture, who could stroke it from deep. So, you know, I could see them beating Texas. And I hate to say it, Craig, I know you're a Purdue fan. Um, they could get the best of Purdue in that second round, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that's what I'm worried about, for sure, potentially happening. Yeah. You know, oddly, oddly enough, John, we, we've had like a season long kind of show bet thing. And, and one of them is that John is, uh, he's, he's an ACC lover. He, he's all about the ACC. He, uh, and I am, and I am a ACC hater. I didn't think there were even going to be four teams in the, in the league making the tournament. Uh, we've got five in. Um, so this is going to be a little bit awkward, but I actually think it's a cold take. I think at least one other ACC team does get to the sweet 16. Um, you, you had good stuff there on Virginia Tech. I, I kind of am with you. Uh, for some reason, I look up and I'm imagining, like, I, I kind of equate a lot of, like, this year's Purdue to last year's Illinois. Like, I, I think they've got, like, the the superstar guard who just looks like he doesn't belong in college basketball anymore, similar to what Illinois had last year with, with Io DeSumo. Um, and then the Purdue big guys are, are kind of like Kofi Light in that, like, I don't think any we, – we've slowly gotten around to, like, Boy, if you put one of those Purdue big guys in like some sort of ball screen and make them run around in space, uh, they're they're a fish out of water. They have a really hard time, and that's that's kind of like where the Purdue's defense is going to get them. And it's not going to be against everybody. And I think everybody talks about how you're going to beat Purdue, and it's you got to have size. Well, nobody has the size to beat Purdue. You can't beat them at their own game. That's like trying to beat you know those Kentucky teams with like more athleticism. You know, it's just like you're not going to do it. And so I think the team that is equipped to maybe give them trouble is Virginia Tech, a team that has mobile big guys who they're small compared to Purdue, but they're a lot, they're a lot more motion based. It's, it's a lot more kind of running and cutting. And every time you watch Purdue guys play it like Jaden Ivey, you watch him play defense off the ball and like you, you might as well just give him a chair and then play, play five on four because like, he's just kind of standing around waiting. Like, when do I get the ball and can go shoot again? You know, he's, he's ready for the NBA in that sense. Like he he's, he's bored on defense. Um, like if he gets stuck on Hunter Couture, Hunter Couture is going to have about 10 wide open threes. Uh, that, that could be a matchup. That's, that's intriguing. Um, and the other one that I, that I think could be uh, an ACC team to look out for and that, I, that I'm intrigued by to see advance uh, is Miami, a 10 seed. Uh, they get USC in the first round. And then they get Auburn in the second round. Kind of goes back to um, that region with Kansas as the top seed. I I don't love the way Auburn's playing, and I don't love the way I, – I, I think USC is a bit of a paper tiger at the, as that seventh seed. Uh, and not that Miami is like some sort of a juggernaut, but the old adage that guards always win in March, well, Miami's got like four of them. You know, and Cameron McGusty 
and uh, and Charlie Moore, who's like older than all three of us, and um, and Isaiah Wong. All three guys can really like break down defense, get into gaps, create easy shots. And it's just and it's just all about those guards that can make plays in March. And like Miami's got a ton of them in the firepower. I could see them getting on a heater and like and, and making a little run. Now, you know, we brought up Purdue a few times in that second round matchup. Let's go ahead and move on uh, to the East region. Um, I got to ask, just, you know, you mentioned my, you know, you know Purdue ties here. Um, is Purdue a Sweet 16 team? You know, I've, uh, you know, then, you know, breaking down this season for Purdue, you know, I thought it would be the most Purdue thing ever if the season where they were ranked number one for the first time ever, they lose in the first weekend. Um, and, but also, I mean, it also, they can also be a team that they, you know, they wait until they get your hopes up before they totally come down and smash them, you know, and then right now they're in a spot where, you know, kind of, you might be a little down on them, especially after the way they kind of ended the season and the way, I mean, I think, you know, what, five of six of their losses have been, uh, you know, have come in the last like 30 seconds of the game. So, uh, you know, is Purdue a team that can make the sweet 16? How, how much confidence, uh, should we have in that? I would say I am 65% confident that they will make the Sweet 16. Um, they're a team that has all the talent in the world. You know, bigs talk about Jay Navi. They talked about, you know, they're two big men. Sasha Stefanovic is a guy who can just absolutely stroke it. Um, and, you know, they have other guards too. Eric Hunter is another example, a great player. And I remember early December, I had a friend text me, and he's not as much into the college basketball world as I am, but he texts me and he goes, you know, I think that Purdue had just become number one. And he just goes, like, is Purdue actually legit? I said, yeah, I, for all the reasons I just said a bit ago. But recently, you know, I've sat on them. You, you mentioned they've been struggling recently. And if you pull up the Ken Palm, you know, Biggs likened them just a bit ago to Illinois. I would, I would compare them to Iowa from a year ago. Um, if you look at Ken Palm, Purdue is third in offensive efficiency, but 100th in defensive efficiency. Whereas Iowa a year ago was third and 75th. And what happened to Iowa last year? They get in the second round against Oregon, a team who, you know, had all these guards and had all these shooters. And Iowa was, just wasn't a good defensive team, and they lost by 20. So, you know, with all this talent, um, yeah, I could see them. I could see them cutting down the nets um, early April. I could also see them, you know, walking off the floor um, as losers uh, before the end of the weekend. We, we we don't live in Purdue country, so you know, correct us if, if we're wrong, but like the vibe I get when I watch Purdue, they strike me as a team that whether or not they're like they're you know, like basketball teams have to play a certain way depending on like the time and the score, right? It's 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 a situational sport. And you play a certain way if you're if you're up ten, uh, you play a certain way if there's if there's three minutes to go and you're and you're down four. It feels like Purdue is just like that 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 open gym team. They're just they're always playing the exact same way, no matter what the score is, no matter what the situation is. And it's like God, you watch them in the right the right two or three minute stretch, and 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 they have guys who can shoot. They've got a guard who is the most talented kid in the country from a perimeter perspective. They've got two big guys who are probably if you were to you were to drop a a ranking of centers in college basketball, they probably both rank in the top ten. They've got a coach that we love, Matt Painter. He's one of the best coaches around in the country. And yet it just feels like there's just something that's just not adding up. And it just it feels like they play this the same way no matter what. I can't put my finger on on why that is because, yeah, there, there's no reason why they're not good enough to go to the Final Four. This is the most talented Purdue team 
that that I can remember. Maybe since the probably more talented than those teams with like Hummel and Jawan Johnson and and uh, and Etwan Moore. Right? right. I mean, those teams are really good. I think this one's better in terms of just like your pure like NBA Live Madden ratings. But I don't know why it just feels like there's something just something not quite like there in the in the head. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird because it seems like you know every year we're talking about them doing something in the tournament. You know, the last three, I think out of their last six tournament appearances, three have ended in the first weekend when obviously, obviously, you know, as a Purdue fan, you've got a lot of higher hopes. Um, you know, I, I have noticed a few times this season, Jaden Ivey maybe doing a little bit too much, trying to impress those guys at the next level where you kind of wish like, Hey, that maybe not, that might not be the best idea for right now in this moment of the game. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, you know, we were talking about at the beginning of the season, B Scott and I about how this, you know, this team, could potentially, you know, get farther than, you know, you mentioned that Robbie Hubble team that, you know, could have maybe made it to the final four if it wasn't for the injury. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it seems like they can't get out of that almost tournament purgatory of like, Hey, yeah, every year really good. But for whatever reason, whether it be Robbie Hummel getting hurt or whether it be, you know, just coming up, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of uh, shots short against Virginia a couple of years ago, they just can't seem to get over that hump. So yeah, it's but you know honestly, like I said, we'll see if, if once they get into the tournament, if they're able to, you know, finally buck that trend. Uh, I'm going to keep it in that region selfishly because I also want to ask if UCLA is going to make a, a Final Four run. I, I say it selfishly because at the beginning of the year they were one of my Final Four teams, um, and uh, last week on the tier list I had them as an Elite Eight team. I'm really hoping. Like I, I thought at the beginning of the year, I was like, this is this is UCLA's conference to lose. It's the Pac-12. We always you know, on the show, talk about how, you know, that conference for whatever reason can't just get out of its own way as far as, you know, getting back to prominence. Um, and then out of nowhere comes you or out of nowhere comes Arizona. So is, can UCLA make that journey like they did last year? They could, uh, out of that region though, you, you talk about them, if they can make the final four, I would put Purdue, Kentucky and Baylor as higher odds to make the final four than UCLA and Biggs and I have talked about this since like conference preview season, like, you know, was last year's run a fluke and, you know, they've obviously had their moments. They've got some big wins. You know, they, uh, I mean, uh, they often can take up by 20. That's about their worst, worst loss this year. Um, you know, they have wins against Arizona, um, USC, two wins against USC, but I don't know. They just, they have these games. Like, you know, they lost to Arizona state in triple overtime earlier this year. And so, I just don't, I just don't see it. I think last year was a little fluky. Um, one other thing to consider is, you know, last year there was very little travel compared to this year. You know, they went to Indianapolis, all the games were in Indianapolis. They're going to have a lot more travel this year. If they make it to second weekend, they're going to be traveling somewhere else. So that's another thing to consider, but you know, I, we'll toss over to bigs here, but you know, I think last year is fluky and I, I don't think they're going to make the final four. I, I disagree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a, is it a cold take if you're right or a hot take if, if you're right? So I, I know I haven't really been adhering the last few questions to the hot or cold <laughs> style. Um, I've just been asking the questions, uh, but um, yeah. And so the, the take here would be UCLA is a final four team. So it would be cold if you disagree, hot if you agree. Okay. I'm with you. Hot. Heat, heat me up. Heat me up on UCLA. It's hot <laughs> in California, I think, or it's supposed to be. It's hotter, hotter there than it is here. So I'm with you on this. Yeah. Uh, and that's not because I love UCLA or I even love that the, the road that they might have to go through could, could include 
I mean, if, if they're going to get there in theory, you're going to have to probably beat like an Indiana, a, a team with some talent. Uh, you might have to beat a Baylor team, but we just kind of talked about like that's te- that's a team that's not exactly peaking right now. And you're going to have to beat probably like a Purdue or a Kentucky or some some basketball royalty school there that's got some some high end talent. But uh, yeah, count me as a believer. I think this UCLA team is um, they they I feel like they early in the season they took that big ass loss to to Gonzaga, right? And I, and I feel like the rest of the country just kind of turned their brains off to UCLA. It's like okay, I'm out. They don't start until nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night or 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. No need to watch this anymore. Like I'm just tuning out and they, they have taken some weird losses, but they, they've, they've mostly been good. And I think they've dealt with a lot of injuries. So some of that, like not in terms of guys missing like huge chunks of games, but Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes, their, their two best players have just been kind of banged up at different points in the year with, with ankle stuff. I think those two guys are playing well, and and they're getting healthy. Jaime Hawkes is uh, he's he he's one of our he's one of our favorite guys as a pod. He's he's coming in averaging like twenty four points a game over his last five or six games. Like he's he's on a tear right now, and I, I think Mick Cronin is a coach that he's another coach that he hadn't done really much until until last year. Now you know, coaching Cincinnati in the tournament is a little different than coaching UCLA, but I think the formula works. Uh, the formula in the in 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 March is: Do you have good guards? Do you play defense? Do you play at a slower tempo? Because I think that's I think that's what they do, and they've got guys who, at the end of the game, you trust to go get go get quality shots and quality offense. I, I I'm in, and 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 Mick Cronin also dresses up, so you know I don't really care about the I don't care about the travel. He's still a coach with some integrity. He wears a suit. And none of these other coaches do that. They've all gotten lazy in COVID. And Nick Cronin's keeping it tight. He keeps it, he keeps the suit on. He is the new Jay Wright. And we need to respect this man. Is he better looking than Jay Wright, though? We've had with, we all... with the suit on. With the suit okay. on, yes, absolutely. Suit always adds a little bit of extra, a little extra juice. Yeah, he goes from a five to like a nine. <laughs> Moving over to the South region, uh, hot or cold, Tennessee has the best chance to make it out of the South region. You've got uh, the Vols who are coming in after an SEC tournament that saw them uh, win the tournament, the whole thing, beating you know the likes of Kentucky and the upstart Texas A&M along the way. They've won, they won nine of their last ten going into the tournament. Uh, they um, they beat Arizona by four in the regular season, who is in their bracket as well. Um, and, you know, they did lose to Villanova by 18, who's also uh, in their bracket. But, you know, I mean, it was in November. So, like, that was very different basketball than what we're playing now. Um, they also have beaten, you know, Kentucky uh, two of the three times they played them. Um, and they beat Auburn, uh, who are, you know, both Kentucky and Auburn are both two seeds. So, um, you know, and they're the only three seed in the tournament right now uh, to have won their conference. So, you know, is is t- does Tennessee have the best chance to make it out of that South region? Close, but no. Uh, I'm still giving that to Arizona, <laughs> but Tennessee is a is a team that I do really like. I do think that if they were to meet up uh, with Villanova in that uh, in that Sweet 16 round, I do think that they'll um, get their revenge. And it's interesting, you know, they have you know, big to just talk about like you know, tournament time is just all about the guard play. They have Kenny Chandler, who's you know, great point guard, Santiago Viscovi, and then Zakai Ziegler is another just sort of pitbull pitbull type of guard who has sort of you know, exceeded all expectations. He's a freshman. He was honestly like a three-star recruit coming out of high school. So he wasn't expected to be, you know, this nine points per game scorer, but he's been great for them. 
And then, you know, they also have, you know, great big guys too. You know, John Polkerson's a great guy. Um, but, you know, I would say as far as you take though, I'd say, you know, Arizona is going to go come out of that region in my opinion, but I do see that. I, I think that they can give them a run for their money in the, in the elite eight. I always, when we, when, when the bracket comes out, we always, we obviously fill out like that, that first round we're looking for. What's, what's that first round game. That's going to be really exciting. What are, what are the best first round matchups? Um, and then I'm always so nervous to like, look forward and, and try to like, look at like, you know, last year, uh, the Sweet 16 matchup that we all wanted was Illinois against Oklahoma State. So we get Io DeSumo against Cade Cunningham in, the, in that Sweet 16 matchup. And inevitably, one of those teams, actually both those teams, had to lose. Yep. And so it's like it's always a fool's errand to like look forward and potentially project at that Sweet 16 matchup. But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I, I think if Villanova-Tennessee match up in that Sweet 16 game, I, I think that one would be like a, a, an awesome Sweet 16 matchup. I, I hope those two teams get there. I think there's a good chance that they will just because I, I do think that the, both those teams are they're the two and three seed, right? They should. Um, I will say cold take though. I do think, I, I think not only does Tennessee, they're good enough, right? I mean, there, there was a reasonable case that they probably should have been a two, maybe even probably a one over, over one of the lower three seeds that they ended up getting. And, and I think that's going to hurt them that you have to potentially beat Villanova, uh, a team that is, always consistent in the tournament. They've got great guards, just like Tennessee does. Um, it's a team that plays great defense, plays slow. Uh, Villanova morphing into Virginia is one of the most under-talked about things, I think, that uh, college basketball space out there. Nobody realizes this except us. Villanova used to be a team that played fast, pitch it around, a bunch of shooters. They are now the new Virginia, and they play super slow. They execute. They don't make any mistakes. They never turn the ball over. And a team like that's just going to be really, really hard to beat. And so I, I like them. I like them probably more than Tennessee. Uh, should they play Arizona again? I think I like Arizona a little more than Tennessee as well. Um, I, I like Tennessee, but I just think this region is stacked. And, and so it's just going to be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is going to be a really, a really tough bracket. Um, now moving on to uh, the Midwest region. Uh, my take here is South Dakota State is this year's Cinderella team. They're the 13th seed. They played number four Providence in the first round, which I didn't, you know, Providence, in my opinion, didn't really pass the eye test. So those conferences like the Big East and some of those, you know, kind of they're mid-major conferences, but we don't kind of look at them like mid-major conferences because they're full of teams that used to be in major conferences. It's just it's just kind of all, you know, uh, you know, it's hard to kind of value what these teams are. Um, and then, uh, but South Dakota State is the second best shooting uh, scoring team in the country behind Gonzaga, 87 points per game. They hit 45% of their uh, three pointers, which is the best in the country. So I feel like if they uh, can get hot shooting, they can get dangerous. I'm saying it's a hot take. I absolutely love South Dakota State as an upset pick here. Um, you know, the lead scorer is Douglas Wilson. He, he averages about 16 points per game, but if I'm going to channel my inner, uh, my inner John Rothstein right now, I'm going to say buy stock in Baylor Shireman. He's a left-handed shooting guard, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, can score in many different ways. He can pull up from three. He can take you down the block and do all sorts of fadeaways and turn around jump shots. Just a great all-around player. And South Dakota State has not lost a game since December. They ran through the summit 20-0. They won all three of their summit league games. Uh, North Dakota State did give them a run for their money. But, you know, South Dakota State is hot right now. And Providence is a team who is, you know, I'd have to 
check Ken Palm again, but every time I've looked, they have been the number one ranked in the luck factor on Ken Palm, which I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how they come up with that, but they are the luckiest team in college basketball. Um, there's been instances where, instances where they play a team just, and they just happen to not have their best player, you know, for example. And so, you know, South Dakota State is a team that I can see easily, I, I shouldn't say easily beating Providence, but I am have, I, I am picking them. And then chances are they'd play Iowa the following round. And Iowa is another team who, you know, they've been hot recently, but another team that they, they could also be upset. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the uh, the wet blanket here on this. On, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be the the rain cloud on this parade because I I like South Dakota State. Um, they rank 220th in defensive efficiency. We're 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 conveniently leaving that out with all these conversations. <laughs> they, they don't play any defense. I think South Dakota State's gonna be fun, but I do not think they they play good enough defense. Now, the first round matchup if. I guess we have to we have to define what Cinderella is. Is a Cinderella like a like a team that wins two games, or is it win one game? Is it win uh, go on the go on the Final Four run? I mean, I, I would say if especially with some of the lower seeds like a 12, 13, 14, I would say getting out of the first weekend because those are the you know yeah because you can think okay you know March Madness of course there's going to be a few teams along the line that even if they're you know, even if they played that team again, you know, 50 other times, this is the one time they just happen to win. Uh, whereas that second game, I think, pushes it past into Cinderella conversation because you're in the Sweet 16. You've made it past that first weekend. It's a little it's a little less of just kind of like, oh, you, you chalk it up to a little bit less of, oh, it's just, you know, the tournament. That's how it goes sometimes. Like, you know, if you once you get to that second weekend, I think it kind of changes things and it changes things and kind of turns you into like, oh, maybe could they make the final four? So I think that's where you, you get the difference. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on this. So with with that with that criteria, I guess in mind, um, I think they're they're good enough to beat Providence. Sure, I think I'll pick Providence just because in my weird contrarian mind, I think everybody <laughs> now has like sniffed out the the luck thing, and so everybody's going against crop the uh, Providence. So I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna zag when everybody else is zigging. Uh, that's that's just how I roll. But I do think they could beat Providence because that defensive efficiency thing that. Providence just might not be good enough offensively to like really make them pay for that. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they do. You're right. I test, you watch them play and it's like, how, how is this team winning? They win like 62 <laughs> to, to 59 and out of their 62 points, like 23 of them came from the free throw line and they shot 32% from the field. It's, it's an eyesore. Sometimes they're, they're setting the game back offensively a little bit. Um, if they're to run and run up against Iowa though, that's a team that will get layups all day on them. And, and I think that's, it's something that ex they got exposed by by North Dakota State in the Summit League Championship game is that your boy Baylor Shireman, John, um, he's he's like Matt Khalil out there at left tackle. Like he's a traffic cone <laughs> on the defensive end of the floor. Like, oofta, he he's slow. And and South Dakota State doesn't have a ton of size. Their depth is kind of compromised because of some guys not being on the team and being being hurt and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I, I think they're they're fun. I think that's a team that gives you a first round matchup where it's like, ooh, like this one is. Like definitely the, the like high level watchability, um, but but I think getting out of the first weekend's a bridge too far for me, and that hurts. I'm a South Dakotan now. I have a South Dakotan <laughs> since all of a sudden I can't be saying that too loud. Like I got neighbors here. Like, well, hey, I South mean, we don't want to we don't want you to put your safety at risk. That that's that's no. not yeah. You don't want to do that. I have a job in this town. <laughs> uh, final question here before I let you guys go. Um, uh, 
which conference do you guys think will have the most success? I mean, we, you have the big 10 with nine bids. So, I mean, you're throwing enough, you know, at the board that something's got to stick there as far as, you know, winning a few games in the tournament, you've got the sec with six teams, you've got, um, you know, the ACC with five, as we mentioned earlier, which conference uh, do you think will have the most success? And if you want, go ahead and throw which one you would think will have the least amount of success. I mean, as far as the major conferences go, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Mac country. I went to ball state, obviously I know the Mac is probably going to be out the first weekend. So usually there's a bunch of conferences you could put as far as least successful, but um, which ones do you think are going to be the, the, the best and worst? Uh, you know, Craig, at first glance, you know, the first two that jump out as possibilities to me are sec and big 12 and, you know, when I look at SEC, you know, they've got teams like Tennessee, Bama, Arkansas, um, Auburn, Kentucky. So they have a lot of talent. But, you know, I look at teams like Arkansas and Bama, and they're so feast or famine where I could see a case where each of them are out in the first week. And same, same with Auburn. You know, I wouldn't call them feast or famine, but they're sort of trending down. And so that basically leaves you with what Tennessee and um, um, I'm Kentucky. Here, Tennessee, Kentucky, and then um, – Who's LSU, LSU, I, I have no faith in. They're going through a coaching change. Who, like, who fires their coach, like, right, like, right before the tournament? You know, I get. Doesn't that help them? Yeah, they. It, it could. They were one of my like possible sleeper picks uh, before, and you know, uh, you know, before. Of course, I mentioned like, hey, LSU could be you know tough in the tournament, and then like two days later they fire their coach. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm not super confident in that either. Yeah. But no, and I and it's close between the SEC and the Big Twelve, but I, I'd give the edge to the Big Twelve. You know, I do see both Kansas and Baylor having, you know, considerable, considerable amount of success. Um, as far as like least, uh, least successful year, I think big 10, just cause like, you know, I could say ACC, but the big 10 has more chance for underwhelming performances and they, they have the history of doing it too. You look at a year ago, they had like nine or 10 teams, but then like two or three of those had, um, you know, upsets against like double digit seeds in the first round. So they have the history of it. They have more opportunity. I'd say big 10 is the one I'd say will be the least successful. Uh, I'm with you on the sec. I think, I think they've got a great chance. I mean, I, I just went in depth how I don't think Auburn's that good. And yet it's kind of talk out of both sides of your mouth season here where it's like, Hey, why would this team not win? Uh, but I'll actually still pick them to win. I mean, I, I think <laughs> Auburn is absolutely good enough. I mean, they went through like, they were, they were ranked number one for like a good chunk of the, there, there was like a month there where like they were they were on a tear and you look at that front court jabari smith walker kessler that's just a that's teams aren't used to seeing that you know and you get in conference play you get in some of these weird environments where the crowds are rocking and like all all those sec teams are ranked really high so some of these losses auburn is taking not exactly taking bad losses right i mean they're still a good team and if their guards decide like i, I think they're going to take dumb shots um but I think they're good enough to, to play through that. And, man, if, if the dumb shots are falling, uh, you know, Auburn's going to be really dangerous. And I, I do think they've got enough the, – the talent has never been the question for them. Um, you're right about Bama and Arkansas. I think both those teams have, like, the, the variance in terms of, like, they could both lose in the first round. I could see Arkansas taking Elkins Egg in the Sweet 16 should those two teams both advance that far. Because of, because of – you're right, J.D. Note is, like – you know, every every year around this time, we look for like who's who's the Kemba candidate, right? And uh, and JT Note is one of those one of those high level guards in, in a in a in a year where there's not a lot of high level guards. He's a guy who can take over a ball game, and and who wouldn't love to see Musselman going crazy again? Like he, the man takes his shirt off and basically just starts stripping every time his team wins. So <laughs> who's not in on that? Um, Nate Oates, 
you know, is a, is a guy who like, like all the swag, right. And he just like talks all the crap and like a matchup with him and him against uh, him against coach K in the sweet 16. Like that's uh, that's got some great theater written all over it. Um, it's a team that, that shoots a ton of threes and, and maybe they can wake up the echoes from last year's kind of uh, success. Tennessee's coming in on a, on a tear. Kentucky is a team that we haven't even really talked about tonight. That's a team that, you know, if there's a, if there's a list of like four five, six teams that could win the title, they're on that list, right? I mean, they've got, they've got plenty of talent. They've got, it's like the oldest team, like coach, coach Cal after the games can like take his guys out for beers now. Cause like they're all juniors and seniors. Like that's, it's weird. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they're awesome. So I think the sec just not all of those teams, but I think at least two, three, four of those teams are going to get deep into the, like at least the second weekend, get to the elite eight. You're going to get a final four team out of that group. I think, um, I'm kind of opposite of you on the Big Ten. I think now that the Big Ten is like at the lowered expectations, I think people have picked up on the scent. Like the Big Ten, all they do is disappoint us. Michigan is an 11 seed, uh, probably the team that was like the weirdest seeded. Like I don't know where that came from. And yet again, talk out of both sides of my mouth. Season, I could see them going to like a like a Sweet 16, Elite Eight run. Like because there's a talented group in there, right? And, and Wisconsin, I could see them going on a run because Johnny Davis just goes, he goes Kemba on us, right? He just Kemba's all over the place. Um, Illinois is a team that people can't seem to quit no matter how many times they lose because you, you watch them get off the bus and they've got a ton of talent. And so, I don't know. I, I kind of like the big 10, um, the team that I, the, the, the league that I think is going to maybe disappoint us probably the, probably the big East. I think, I, I think the big East, you, you mentioned it kind of that they're, you're a little lower on the big East than I think we are. Like you, you said big East and I immediately just started like hearing Gus Johnson talk and like hearing the. Maybe that's where the major conference thing comes from. But I think outside of Villanova, I think they've all got pretty big flaws. And we've even talked about on, on our show all year, how Villanova is like, this is like the least talented, least aesthetically pleasing Villanova team we've seen in years. All I do is trash Nova all season. And yet somehow I've got them going deep uh, in that same breath. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get got by someone fairly early. So I, I could see the big East going out kind of with a stinker early, early in this tourney. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what they're able to do, you know, Wisconsin, you brought up them and it's, it, you know, I looked at their numbers about middle of the season. We did kind of a, a show about, you know, just kind of going at the midpoint of the year uh, for college basketball and uh, Wisconsin, you know, they were up there like in the top 10, but yet like you look at all their statistical, you know, all, all the, all, where they rank statistically amongst the rest of the big 10. And it's all like, like tenth and like lower. And it's like, wait, how is this team, how is this team winning games when they're like 10th or worse in every like category you want to look at? You could cut that last like 15 seconds of audio <laughs> analysis on Wisconsin. And you could use that for your Wisconsin analysis every year dating back to the year 2000 <laughs> every year from now until the end of time, because that's Wisconsin for you. Like they never look good. They do not win the layup line, but they win ball games. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the tournament. We're really excited. John Biggs. Thank you guys for both coming on the podcast real quick. Let me know, or let everybody know where they can find you on, you know, social media and, and, and podcast wise. Yeah, so you can find us um, Twitter at Midcourt Madness. Same for Instagram, um, and I believe we have a YouTube channel. We don't we don't post a lot to that or Instagram, but there is some stuff out there. We have a YouTube channel where we post a few uh, like one minute clips. Um, that should just be Midcourt Madness. Also, um, I think that's it. 
think that's we, we had a WordPress for a while, but I think it's been like a year since we posted an article. <laughs> we had, I didn't we, know we had an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we, we have breaking news. news. <laughs> we have a TikTok too. TikTok. We also have TikTok, Nick Corbettis. There's some uh, short video clips on there too. As you could probably tell, I handle all like the technology side. Biggs just brings <laughs> all the he, he brings all the hot takes here. Hey, nothing nothing wrong with that. Biggs, what about you? Do you have any any anything to plug? No, I I think just listen to John. Have him just repeat that again because that was that was <laughs> that was what he handles all of that stuff. I just show up and start talking to to anyone who will listen. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you for the insight and make sure everybody go, uh, you know, listen to Midcourt Madness as the tournament goes on because it's going to be a lot of good takes and we're really excited about the tournament. Thank you guys for uh, coming on. Hey, thanks no, for having thank us, Greg. Absolutely. Have a good night. You too. All right. That was Midcourt Madness, the gentleman from uh, – that podcast so make sure you guys uh are watching tuned in over there are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps on your smartphone have you thought about playing a board game with your co-workers eat lunch and board game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. And remember, you can uh, like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. Uh, you can go to our TikTok channel, 3C Media. Got some uh, best moments of college basketball uh, that we're posting throughout the month of March, um, as well as the YouTube channel, 3C Media over there. Um, we've got the Hoosier High School Huddle coming out. You guys have been killing it as far as supporting uh, just not only the standalone content, but the Hoosier High School Huddle. Um, and then remember, you can listen to us every week, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard you can hear the crash course podcast also you can uh chime in if you want to in the chat uh carters two is in here talking about march madness uh we want to get your guys's feedback so if you want to hop in here when we record live on tuesdays twitch.tv slash craig crash so the next part of the show uh we're gonna do typically around this time of year typically for this podcast we do our bracket uh you know b scott and i would fill out our bracket and so that's what i'm going to do here i feel a little bit smarter i feel smarter i feel uh you know more able to take on this bracket uh now that we've heard um from the uh the uh midcourt madness guys um so let's go ahead and jump right in here we're going to have a second little camera of me for a second on the YouTube side, so don't be alarmed there. We're going to move this bad boy right over here, and we've got our bracket. Um, so let's go ahead and fill this out here. We're going to go uh, through um, – we're going to go through the West region. I, I'm just going to go region by region this time. I know normally I just like to go like top to bottom uh, on each side, but let's go ahead and go through the region here. Uh, pretty easy to kick off things. Um, we're going to go Gonzaga to win that first game against Georgia State. Um, Gonzaga, I mean, this is, a, this is a year where I feel a little bit better about Gonzaga uh, than maybe normal. I mean, you know, we talked about it with John and Biggs. Um, you know, it seems like Gonzaga can sometimes trip up, uh, but not against the 16 seed. So I've got Gonzaga moving on. Boise State and Memphis, I mean, diving into it here. Uh, Memphis, I guess, has the better pedigree against the uh, top 25 teams. Um, you know, BPI rank a little bit better. I just, you know, see, and this is the thing that gets me when you get to like Conference USA and, and Mountain West teams. I mean, a lot of their games 
you know, a lot of their signature wins, like, yeah, some of them are tournament teams, uh, but like at the same time, you're battling against your same conference. And I know that that's something that I don't like for college football, but for college basketball, I mean, when you're basing a team's value on what they do in a conference and that conference, you know, doesn't really have a lot of ranked teams or, or it doesn't really have any team that you really like hang your hat on. Um, I think, you know, I had Boise state, you know, I, I initially wasn't going to fill out a bracket, uh, until tonight, but I did anyway. And, and I had Boise state initially, but I think I'm going to go Houston here. I mean, you look at it, uh, they've got two wins over Houston, uh, the win over Virginia tech went over Alabama wins over SMU, who was the team that was on the fringe. So I actually like what Memphis has done more. So I'm actually going to go Memphis here, uh, UConn, New Mexico state. Uh, I think UConn is, you know, I think far and away, I don't, I don't feel comfortable picking New Mexico state here. Um, you know, yeah, you know, even though UConn is uh, three and four against top 25 teams, I mean, uh, you know, New Mexico State hasn't played nearly the team, uh, the caliber of team that uh, uh, UConn has, or hasn't played nearly the caliber team that UConn is. Uh, Arkansas and Vermont. Arkansas, I mean, I know they lost in the SEC tournament, but I'm just, I'm going with uh, Arkansas here. Uh, they're a really good team. Um, you know, they, they've gotten hot. One of those SEC teams that's gotten hot at the right time. So I'm going with Arkansas there. Alabama versus the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. And yes, unfortunately, uh, we do record on Tuesday nights. Um, so we don't have the luxury of knowing who advances. If you put Notre Dame in this position, I might um, say like, hey, what the heck? They're, they can beat Alabama. But if they somehow fall to Rutgers, I'm not, you know, if Rutgers is the team, I'm not really too confident in them. Uh, so I'm going to go Alabama. Although I do agree with what Biggs was saying as far as uh, them being streaky. Texas Tech and Montana State, not going to waste a whole lot of time there. Michigan State and Davidson's interesting, um, you know, uh, but I think, I mean, I got to go with the Big Ten team here. I mean, you look at what they've done. I mean, 11 and 9 in their conference, but I mean, that's it's, it's a Big Ten. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Michigan State here and then Duke um, over uh, Cal State Fullerton there. Um, so in the round of 32, Gonzaga versus Memphis, I just, <coughs> excuse me, for the first time, I am in uh, on Gonzaga. Normally, I'm just, I, you know, as the rounds go on, I'm less and less likely to pick them. Uh, but I just don't see with as talented a team as this is. I mean, if there's a team that can pull the upset on them, I think it is Memphis. Um, and I mean, you know, Gonzaga is just lucky they don't have to play uh, West Virginia. As Dan pops to the chat, chat West Virginia is going to win it all. I mean, you know what? They might. I think. Well, hey, I mean, last year wasn't it? Wasn't it last year? that they had the um, like the situation where they're like, Hey, if you, if you get a COVID outbreak, like between the start of the tournament uh, and the end of your conference tournament, like they would put like another team in, wasn't that like something that they were going to like pull from like the next team in. So like if West Virginia was in that situation, I mean, that would be, that would be a good, a, a good situation for them. I look, I miss, I miss when West Virginia was, was a little bit better. I remember when they made, the final four a couple of years. Um, and maybe that was like at the height of like my college basketball fandom where I'm like, you know, where I'm thinking like it was every year that they were there, but I feel like they were just in a better position. Um, so I'm going to go here in this instance, I'm just not ready to pick Memphis over Gonzaga. So I'm going to go Gonzaga here. Uh, Arkansas and UConn. Again, I just like what Arkansas has done. I mean, Arkansas four and one versus the top 25, 20 BPI. I know UConn 17. Um, you know, can beat Kentucky by two, beat Tennessee, beat Auburn, you know, swept their all their games against LSU. 
was you know narrowly missed beating Alabama. Like Arkansas has had a great season. I'm going Arkansas to win that game. Uh, Texas Tech against Alabama. Now you're seeing a little bit behind the scenes of, of how I fill out my bracket, especially when we do the special. I mean, Alabama, they beat Gonzaga. They, they beat Houston. They beat Baylor. Um, you know, Texas Tech, they beat Baylor twice, Kansas once. They just lost to Kansas uh, in the uh, Big 12 championship game. They did beat Tennessee. They beat uh, Texas. Uh, I just – this is close for me. Um, but, you know, like Big said as well and John said, I mean, to Alabama can be a very feast or famine team. Somebody with Texas Tech here. And then I've got Duke. I just can't imagine Duke not making the Sweet 16 uh, in the year that Coach K retires. Uh, Gonzaga versus Arkansas. You know, yesterday I filled out a bracket. And it had Gonzaga winning it all. I'll just go ahead and, and be fully transparent. Uh, that's what I had. Um, and I felt confident. And then, like, all the confidence I had in Gonzaga, um, like, after the conversation, you know, with Midcourt Madness, not, I mean, they didn't necessarily talk bad about Gonzaga, but they just, you know, brought up, you know, the, the flaws that they seem to have and how they can sometimes have those off games in the tournament, which is something that I, I agree with. I mean, I agree that in years past, Gonzaga has been a team uh, that has fallen short uh, when it's mattered. Um, that being said, it, it's tough. I, 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 if I pick Arkansas, I'm also going to be compelled to pick them over Duke, and I just can't do that. I'm going Gonzaga to beat Arkansas. I think – Gonzaga here. I mean, you look at the comparison of BPI and, you know, what they've been able to do. Um, I'm just going to go with uh, Gonzaga to win that game uh, just because um, Arkansas, um, you know, the SEC, um, you know, has had a great season. Uh, Arkansas is a, a tough team, but I think that that streak that they've had is going to run out. And then I've got Duke over Texas Tech um, just because I don't have the most faith in Texas tech. I think this is where the road ends in the sweet 16. So Gonzaga versus Duke. Uh, this is where the streak is. I know Duke was one of my teams. I picked to, to be a national championship contender, but that was based on purely coach K uh, you know, his last season. Um, so I'm going to go Gonzaga to make it out of the West region. So looking at the East here, I've got Baylor over Norfolk state. North Carolina Marquette, you know, talked about the Big East being maybe, <coughs> excuse me, a little overrated. Um, so I'm going North Carolina here. Um, I don't, I normally I would be compelled to pick St. Mary's to lose in this first round, but I don't have a lot of faith in the winner of Wyoming and IU. So I've got St. Mary's uh, moving on. I would love to pick Akron over UCLA. I really would just because of action, uh, but UCLA. Texas, Virginia Tech, breaking down, you know, this part of the tournament. I mean, pretty similar teams, um, but, you know, it's just Texas right now, or Virginia Tech is just the hotter team. They're just the hotter team. I'm picking that upset. Uh, Purdue against Yale. I do have Purdue winning. Yale. I mean, looking at their numbers a little bit, yeah, not super intriguing. I mean, they play in the Ivy League, but, I mean, look at their games. Lost by 22 to Auburn, lost by 27 to St. Mary's, lost by 36 to Seton Hall, lost by 8 to Vermont. I mean, you know, not – I mean, obviously they're in because they won the Ivy League, but uh, I'm still – you know, I, I still don't think Purdue stumbles there. Murray State and San Francisco, uh, racers prevail, and then Kentucky against St. Peter's. Kentucky moves on. 
Baylor, North Carolina, you know, North Carolina goes and they upset Duke, uh, you know, in Cameron or indoor on coach K's last home game. I had a lot of faith in UNC. They got to 25th ranked in the country. Um, and then, you know, they, uh, you know, didn't show up against what was it? Miami in the, uh, ACC tournament. Uh, so, I mean, you look at it, you know, lost to Kentucky by 29, Tennessee by 17, Purdue by nine. Um, so, I mean, I just, I like Baylor just a little bit more. So we're going Baylor here. UCLA, St. Mary's, got a lot of faith in UCLA. I have them moving on. Um, Virginia Tech and Purdue, you know, <coughs> uh, this is a matchup, you know, this is a matchup where I, I live pretty close to Akron. I'll pick them for you. That's what Dan says in the chat. Hey, I appreciate that. Having my back. Someone's got to have faith in the Mac uh, because it's not me. Um, but yeah, Purdue, uh, Virginia Tech, this is a game that I just don't feel super confident about as a Purdue fan in this situation. And maybe it's, you know, too much recency bias. Um, you know, and like, I don't want to say Purdue goes down here, but I'm going to go ahead and set myself up for disappointment. I got Virginia Tech winning this game. I know it's rough. I know this is an Indiana-based, you know, <laughs> channel, but I, I just I just can't not pick – I just not that I can't not pick Virginia Tech, but it's just one of those things with, like, the way Purdue's playing now and the way Virginia Tech's playing now is just in total contradiction. So – I've got them getting bounced, and I've got Kentucky over Murray State. Just not a lot of faith in Murray State. I do think this is where the road ends for Virginia Tech, Kentucky, and um, uh, Virginia Tech. They play in, in the Elite Eight, um, but uh, or sorry, in the Sweet 16. I've got Kentucky winning that game, finally ending the magic. I do, however, I can't – UCLA, I can't quit you. You were my final four pick at the beginning of the year. I had an Elite Eight in the tier list last week. So they're moving on, sets up an elite ma eight matchup of UCLA and Kentucky. Uh, and in that matchup, hmm, where do I go from there? I don't, I just don't feel confident enough picking UCLA uh, because they, UCLA was a trendy pick coming into the season. Uh, but, you know, they, you know, against teams, you know, they lost to Gonzaga by 20, they lost to Arizona twice. They don't have a lot of sexy other wins, whereas can Kentucky just does. Uh, so I'm going uh, Kentucky to make the final four out of, uh, out of the East region in the West or sorry, in the South, excuse me, um, Arizona moving on. Uh, they play the winner of Wright state and Bryant easy pickings there, uh, eight versus the nine Seton hall versus TCU in the South region. Uh, I've got TCU. Um, you know what? I recently saw a picture of their court, uh, and I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I do. Um, so I'm going TCU, uh, to get the win there. Houston, I've warmed up a little bit to them, um, you know, watching them in the uh, American tournament. Um, so I do have them being number 12 UAB. Illinois versus Chattanooga. I know the Mocs had a really exciting uh, conference championship, uh, but I just think Illinois is going to advance. Uh, Colorado State, Michigan, give me Michigan. Um, I, I think Michigan moves on here. Um, just uh, not, you know, and just, just, again, I just, I see, I see four Mountain West teams there. And I know like I'm betraying everything I think in, in football where I'm like, oh, you know, these teams from lesser conferences don't even get a fair shake. And then I get to the NCAA tournament, which I get is a different thing. And I'm like, Colorado State, what have they done? Um, and that's just how I feel. Tennessee versus Longwood. 
go Vols on that one, Rocky Top. You know, Ohio State, seven seed against Loyola, Chicago. I should have asked the Midcourt Madness guys this, um, and I didn't, and I should have. Uh, but I just, Loyola, another team, I just can't quit you. I've got Loyola, Loyola Chicago beating Ohio State. Just give me that upset. Uh, I have a little bit, I, I, I have, I, I just, I just don't want to see them lose in the first round. They've had so much success. Um, TCU gets the nod because of their core. Absolutely. Uh, that's what Dan says in the chat. I mean, TCU's got a cool core. I mean, if Oregon were in here, they'd get the nod too, because uh, I like Oregon's court as well. Uh, Villanova versus Delaware, uh, Villanova, easy, easy, easy pickings there. Easy moving on. All right. So in the round of 32, Arizona over TCU, uh, give me Illinois over Houston. Uh, just not too much hesitation there. I just think those are the two better teams in that situation. Tennessee versus Michigan. Um, you know, uh, you know, this could be a potential, uh, you know, upset pick for the Vols, but I'm going Tennessee here. And then Loyola Chicago against Villanova. As much as I want to see Loyola Chicago keep the magic going, I'm just going to go ahead and pick Villanova here. Um, you know, I, I want to believe a little bit more. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, Loyola Chicago, isn't quite the team they've been in years past in this situation. And maybe I should pick them just because, uh, you know, I've doubted them the times they've been in the tournament and they've proven me wrong. So maybe, maybe this is the time, but you know, the time I'm going to have faith in them is the time they're going to lose. So maybe I'll just continue to be wrong here. So I'll see them go farther. Um, Tennessee versus Villanova. Um, I think Tennessee's just been through, they've been through a little bit more as a team. I mean, they, they play in a tough, in the tougher conference, they've shown up and played well against that conference. And then the Villanova team just against the big East, they're just not, you know, the team we're used to seeing. Um, so I'm going with Tennessee here to win that game. And then Arizona versus Illinois. I am going Arizona here uh, to win that game, Illinois. I mean, you look at, you look at their numbers a little bit uh, four and four against the top 25. Uh, whereas Arizona's five and two, uh, Arizona's four and fourth in the BPI, Illinois 15th, uh, you know, Illinois did lose to Arizona earlier in the season. Um, you know, Arizona has beat UCLA twice. Um, they've, you know, beat Illinois, they've beat Michigan. So I, I, I'm going with, I'm going with Arizona here. Uh, and then Arizona versus Tennessee. I think that was the game earlier in the season where, yeah, Arizona beat Tennessee or Tennessee beat Arizona by four earlier on in the year. And you know what? I just like what uh, Tennessee has been doing a little bit more uh, than what Arizona is. So I know, I know the, the mid court madness guys tried to talk some sense into me and, uh, and say, Hey, you know what? Um, you should maybe Tennessee is not the team that you think they are. They're not going to go uh, out of the South region, but I just, I just have that, that twinge in my stomach that says, they're going to go on. So I'm going to pick Tennessee to make it out of the South region. Uh, so that just leaves the Midwest, uh, Kansas um, over uh, Texas Southern. Texas Southern just won that game. Let me double check because I have it on right beside me here. Um, yes, they uh, Texas Southern moves on. That doesn't make a difference in who I'm going to pick. I don't know why, you know, <laughs> it doesn't. it's not going to make a difference. I got Kansas winning that game. Creighton and San Diego State. I think if I picked, no, I've picked eight seeds. I was like, sometimes I get into a rhythm where I just pick like all eight, nine over eights and just not even notice it. Um, I like San Diego State just a little bit better in that matchup. So I've got them moving on. 
I've got this weird, you know, talking about like feelings in the pit of my stomach. I have this weird notion to maybe pick Richmond, um, but I'm not. I mean, I know they were kind of a, you know, coming out of nowhere team, um, but I, it's not super strong. I mean, you got Keegan Murray for Iowa, great score, one of the top scoring teams in um, in the country. Um, so I'm going to go Iowa there. Uh, four 16s in the final four. I mean, dude, I would love that to happen. Just, just bring me the chaos. Bring me the chaos. Um, 13 seed South Dakota state over Providence. I'm going with, I'm going with the Jackrabbits here. I mean, I, I think this is, this is a, you know, they're, they're a really good shooting team. Uh, you know, I know that we talked about the defensive numbers earlier on in the podcast, but I, I just like what South Dakota State's doing. They're, they're, you know, they're just behind Gonzaga um, as far as, you know, scoring teams in the country. So I'm going with South Dakota State. LSU, Iowa State coaching change has kind of got me off the Iowa or off the LSU train. So let's go Iowa State here. Wisconsin and Colgate. Wisconsin moves on. I mean, they're playing toothpaste. So, I mean, how strong could toothpaste be? Uh, USC versus Miami, the seven ten. I'm going Miami here. Miami had a strong showing in the ACC tournament. So it kind of writes uh, some of the wrongs they've been going through. And then Auburn over Jacksonville state who shouldn't even, I think that's the team that sh- isn't even supposed to be there. It's supposed to be Bellarmine. So if it was Bellarmine, I probably would have picked them, but uh, they're not in it's, it's Jacksonville state. So we're going with Auburn there. Uh, Kansas versus San Diego state. Uh, I, we talked about Kansas shortcomings, uh, you know, in the tournament, but, now is not the time uh, Kansas moves on. Oh, I'm going to be completely transparent. I didn't know about all the, I you know, hadn't looked into it quite as far to see the defensive, uh, you know, transparencies, the transgressions uh, that the uh, San Diego state team has and going against Iowa. Who's got one of who's one of the better scoring teams. Who's got one of the best scores in the country. I mean, that obviously, you know, is a big red flag, but I'm, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I have experts on the show and then I'm like, oh, but I still really want to pick San Diego state. Um, but you know what? I, those, that is pretty glaring. Um, so I'm going to go Iowa here. I, I, I love what San Diego states or South Dakota state's doing. Uh, but those those numbers have swayed me where they're like 202nd in defensive efficiency. Iowa State, Wisconsin. Give me Wisconsin here. Um, Iowa State, I don't have a lot of faith in. Wisconsin's, uh, you know, been winning ugly all season. So I'm going with the Badgers, uh, three versus 11 there. And then Miami versus Auburn. I'm not ready to pick Auburn to lose. I'm not super high on Auburn, uh, but against number 10 Miami, I'm going to go Auburn here. Iowa versus Kansas. You know what? We talked about Kansas's shortcoming as a as a one seed. I think in in a normal bracket, I think having them because in, in the bracket I filled out yesterday, I had San Diego, South Dakota State. When I keep wanting to say San Diego State, I had South Dakota State beating uh, Iowa and advancing to play Kansas, and then losing to Kansas in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, but in this instance, I think if they played Iowa, if Iowa played Kansas, I like Iowa's chances just a little bit better. Uh, just because of their shooting, just because of Keegan Murray. I know Kansas has got really strong uh, scores as well, um, but I'm going to go ahead. Uh, it, it's these decisions down as you get to the nitty gritty that make it a little uh, tougher to go on against the top 25 though. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Kansas. It's, it's tough. 
Uh, but I'm going to go with Kansas. Looking at their numbers against the top 25, I just like Kansas maybe to be Iowa. That's where the streak runs out there. So Kansas moves on. Number two, Auburn versus number three, Wisconsin. Um, you know, I'm going to go with – I'll go ahead and pick Wisconsin here. Big Ten pride. Let's go um, over Auburn. Auburn just hasn't been able to straighten wins together. Uh, and while I think they will go to the Sweet 16, uh, you know, I, I just don't have um, – I just don't know if they'll be able to have the the juice to make it through, uh, you know, to the elite eight and final four. And then Kansas and Wisconsin, uh, you know, in the Midwest regional, give me Kansas. Uh, they move on to play uh, Tennessee. So that gives me a final four of Gonzaga uh, and Kentucky against Tennessee and Kansas. So Gonzaga against Kentucky. You know, I'm going to go, you know, this wasn't this a matchup from earlier on in the season too. Didn't, um, no, they didn't play. I, I, I it was, I, oh, I think it was Gonzaga and Duke who, who they played earlier on in the season. You know, I look at what, um, you know, Kentucky's been able to do, um, you know, this season, I look at what Gonzaga has and I, I just have a lot of belief in what Gonzaga can do. Um, I think this is where the road ends for Kentucky. Um, so I'm going to go with Gonzaga here. Uh, then Kansas versus Tennessee. This is where the road ends for uh, for Kansas as well. Um, I just I, I like what Tennessee's done. It's the recency bias thing. It's the reason why I picked Virginia Tech um, to win their game, and it's the reason why I'm picking Tennessee here. I just like what they've done. And then Gonzaga versus Tennessee. You know. It's it's a tough decision. I mean, you, you dive into the numbers a little bit. Um, you know, you have, you know, very similar points per game, very similar against the top 25, both top teams in BPI. Um, but Gonzaga just scores just a little bit better. And, you know, if you, you know, you know, when Gonzaga's lost in the NCAA tournament, it's been to a very tough Baylor team. Uh, that was when they got, you know, run out of the gym. And then the, you know, in 2017, they were playing, um, you know, a, or 20, yeah, 2017, they were playing, you know, a very good, um, North Carolina team and they, you know, were, you know, played them pretty well. So I'm going to go with Gonzaga here. I, I'm picking the Zags to win it all. I really like, um, you know, what they've done this season. I just have a feeling that this year, will be the year that they finally get it done. I, I, I do have, um, you know, some faith in them to win it. Um, so that's it. That's, that's the tournament. That's the bracket selection. Um, so I, I, I like that bracket. I feel confident in that bracket. Um, and uh, that's uh, where we will leave it uh, for today's podcast. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. And thanks again, to John and Biggs from Midcourt Madness for coming off the show. Remember, you can find them, Midcourt Madness, on Twitter, uh, on TikTok, Instagram. They've got a podcast coming out on uh, you know Spotify, Anchor, um, all that good stuff. So make sure you're keeping an eye on them uh, throughout the tournament. Um, and remember, you can find us on Facebook, 3C Media. You can like us um, on uh, – you can go follow us on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. Go follow the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. Click the bell. 
Um, you know, you guys have been killing it lately as far as checking out the content and giving it a lot of love. So thank you guys for that. 3C Media on TikTok as well. We've got some, uh, you know, content that's specifically for that platform over there. Um, so make sure you're showing that love as well. Remember, we record live every week, twitch.tv slash Craig Crash. Uh, we had Dan in the chat today, Carter's in the chat today, um, you know, giving us their input. And it's a lot of fun uh, to, you know, get that listener feedback. So thank you guys uh, there. Um, and remember, uh, you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear uh, the Crash Course podcast. Uh, try to get that my music to go again, but we ran out of time on that. So that's fine. It's okay. We're a live show. It's okay. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again uh, for listening. Next week, we're going to come in. Uh, B. Scott will be back. We're going to talk, uh, you know, uh, we're probably going to recap some tournament stuff as well as get into the weeds. A lot's happened in the NFL. We're probably going to talk about that as well. And baseball's back. So great time of year. Um, so we're going to get into the weeds of that uh, next week. But until then, have a good one, everybody.